Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. I know, I know every family is less than perfect. I know some families are rough. I know that. And I know some families are godly and some families have, have more problems in certain areas, and I know that. But I want to tell you right now, I believe, I believe God's will for the family was this from the start, and that's point one tonight, and it's time together. It's time together. It's very normal to spend time together with your family. Um, I know some say, man, well, you don't know, man. I, ca- I came to know the Lord. I'm older now, and I don't live at home with my parents, and that's a different situation. Um, but you say, man, Pastor Matt, you don't know. I came to know the Lord, and my family gives me a hard time every time. Well, then you've got to be measured in your time with them. I understand that. I've heard the stories of people who came to know God, and every time they go to hang out with the family, folks are giving them a hard time or whatever. So you've got to be wise about that. But in a basic, decent situation, I believe it's God's perfect will. If the situation is in a place where you can, you can stand it and you want to be around each other, then you need to spend time together. I believe that. It's very normal. It's very natural. My parents were good at this. Growing up, I have lots of memories of time together. And mom's not here now. She's in heaven. But, man, I have such good memories of her and such good memories of dad and my brother and sister, even when we'd fight, even when we'd be irritated with each other, me and the siblings. And uh, I don't think I was always easy to deal with. I was fun, but growing up, I had a temper. And I, God needed to heal some things. And some say, man, it could have been a generational curse. Maybe, maybe I was rejected. Maybe I just had a temper. I don't know. But I think I was difficult to be around sometimes. But I, I do know one thing for sure is I always loved being with my family. Always loved it. I remember uh, my parents did such a good job at keeping us together as a family growing up that I remember one time I was 22 years of age. I was in college, and the family, uh, mom and dad were like, we're going to go on vacation. You want to go? I was like, yeah, I want to go. I was, I was 22. But I knew that if I went, dad was going to have me drive the whole time, and that was fine. That was fine. I was his designated driver for trips, man. We would get in, and he'd say, all right. And he'd, he'd backseat drive me a little bit, but not much. He trusted me by that time because I'd been driving for him since I was 15. So I remember that trip. It was June of 1998. We went on a family trip to northern New Mexico. And, of course, Dad always liked to turn trips into some sort of mission. Went to visit my godparents up there in Española, New Mexico. And we just created some great memories. Dad baptized some of their family, led some of them to the Lord. And it was just great. We had a good time together. And it was family time. If your family matters to you, you want to spend time together. Sometimes you figure out things that you like doing together. Some families play chess. Uh, That's pretty rare probably, right? (laughs) Oh, man, we don't play chess. (laughs) I knew you'd appreciate that. I like chess. Nobody wants to play anymore in the family because I take too long, but I like it. It's a fun game. Thinking is relaxing to me, but some of y'all are like, I'm thinking all the time. We need to move. Okay. But uh, some people play checkers. Our family likes Monopoly. I don't care for Monopoly anymore. The games are three or four hours. I'm like, let's play chess. Nobody wants to play chess. Everybody else wants to play Monopoly, so usually I'm around just commenting on them as they play Monopoly, but we like dominoes. We like dominoes. 
Some of y'all are like, uh-huh, yeah, we can play some dominoes. But we like some games together. Um, Mom always liked clean movies. She would say, let's watch a clean movie together. I'm like, Mom, you don't have to say clean movie. We assume that you're not going to want us to watch a dirty movie together. <laughs> so, uh, But she always said that. Mom always said, let's watch a good clean movie together. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Mom, we'll make sure it is, right? So we watched some cool stuff. Um, uh, we man, believe it or not, man, mom and dad checked out Lord of the Rings with us a few times, and some of y'all are like, "Those movies are weird. I don't like them." They, they enjoyed the supernatural aspect of it, the big epic things, and we enjoyed those. They're a little long, you know. You ever tried to watch some of those, uh, some of those, those extended versions? <laughs> I think they're four hours. So uh, sometimes mom couldn't last through those. But we, growing up, I remember mom would say, "Let's watch a movie." One time we watched. Um, Remember the first Jurassic Park? Came out in the early 90s. And uh, mom fell asleep when we rented it. I was like, how do you fall asleep? There's velociraptors attacking people. But we learned to spend time together, man. We, and and that, was, that was a lot of what we did growing up. We did a lot of time together on, like I just mentioned, trips. Taking trips together. We liked that. We liked road trips together. It was fun. I still remember dad making, he'd toast the sandwiches. And I guess even if the, you eat the sandwich later in the day, the toast holds together better, maybe, because he would toast the sandwiches, and then Dad would always make toasted sandwiches with meat and mustard, and that was it. But that's a good memory. It was time together, eating mustard and meat sandwiches on road trips. And we didn't usually spend money on sodas, because Mom didn't want us drinking sodas anyway, so I don't remember what we drank on trips. Maybe we didn't have anything, we just drank our own spit, I don't know. It was probably water. That was gross, right? I'm just making sure you're listening. It's probably water. I don't really remember the drinks. I just remember the mustard sandwiches. So that was good. Home together. I remember my grandma, I believe it was my grandma said this. Hey, maybe some of you moms have said this. Maybe some of your moms said it, moms. Or some of you guys, your mom said it. Say, hey, this is not a hotel. You don't just show up over here and stay the night. You better show up and let's eat. Let's be together. We'll watch TV. This is not a hotel. I think my grandma used to say that. <laughs> the way God wired women, they want family time. They want the family there. Let's eat together. For years, you know, I, I remember uh, in 2006, we stopped doing the Sunday night services. Because y'all are like, man, there's probably 20 people in this room right now, a little over 20. But man, Sunday night services got to be where it was like five of us. It was like the Senna's and two people, maybe seven people. I don't know. It was tiny. We didn't have a grace for it anymore. So dad's like, man, I don't know why we're doing Sunday night services. Like we're doing Bible studies. We're doing Wednesdays. Like we're just not going to do Sunday night services anymore. So I remember we turned that into family night. I had just been recently married in 2006. And we had canceled Sunday night services, so we'd go over mom and dad's. And every time we went to mom and dad's, guess what? You, get, you eat together, right? Even if it's Fritos and sandwiches. It usually wasn't, but you eat something together. You order out or you eat together, and that's time together. I believe that's what's missing nowadays. People are stuck in their phones. When you sit down together as a family, sometimes you think, oh, you know what? I'm going to put my phone on the table, and I'm going to turn it upside down where we can't see the screen psychologically they've proven they've done studies on this they've proven that that still makes people feel like you're not really listening to them if your phone is where everybody can see it so put that phone away take some time it's all right i promise uh 
Donald Trump's not going to call you for an emergency mission to Iraq or anything during the meal. So put your phone away, right? Unless, unless you have a, a pending emergency, you really do. Put that thing away. Um, my wife caught me the other night. I'm usually pretty good at that. We sat at our bar. We have a little counter, and we like to sit there because there's two of us, right? So we sat, and we were eating. And I don't know who texted. Was it my dad or something? And I looked at my phone, and my wife goes, baby, we're eating together, aren't we? I'm like, we are. We're eating together. So put it away. Time together. Make sure you have time together, all right? All right. So point two tonight. Point two is prayer. Now, I firmly believe this. You've got, this has to start in your time alone with God. You've got to have a personal prayer life as a believer. Everybody in this room, I know all of you pretty well. I don't, may not know your life story, but I know, I know your names. I know your faces. I've seen you here for years. And as believers, I know this. I, I know y'all are believers, so you've got to have prayer time on your own. You can't just pray as a family only and never pray on your own. God is a personal God. God's a personal God. Thousands of years ago, when the Old Testament was written, you notice that God would say, I am the Lord, your God. Your God. Not just when you come together, but when you're alone. He's a personal God. A personal God. So a personal God requires time spent praying. What is praying? It's communication. It's just talking with God. That's all it is. And a personal God gets to know you and you get to know him. All right? So let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5.17. This is our third Wednesday in a row that we've brought up this very long verse here, but I want you to just memorize it. This is a good one. Never stop praying. What a goal, right? That's a goal. The Apostle Paul is saying, just pray all the time. You say, man, I'm not going to be able to do that. Well, then start praying more than you do now. One minute more of prayer is more than you do now, right? 30 seconds more of prayer is more than you do now. Even if you pray an hour now, then you add a few more seconds. You add a few more minutes. Never stop praying. The goal is to pray all the time. Why? Well, because you're talking to God. You're connected to God. When you're connected to God, His presence is there. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. Everybody say that. Never stop praying. Let's say that again. Say, never stop praying. That's an actual verse in the Bible. Three words. That is good. You can memorize that. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. So you pray alone, but you pray together as a family. Now, I firmly believe that families obviously need to pray together before they eat. But I have some great memories of just praying with my parents, brother and sister, and even my grandparents. They'd come over, and man, we'd get together and pray. And I know that's a rare thing. Say, man, we just get on our knees and start praying. I was a kid, but it did something for me. That memory will never go away. I can see my grandpa. I can still see him kneeling down praying. I can see my dad praying, crying out to God, praying. Even if I'd get distracted and go, man, when are we going to be done, right? As a kid, I still remember, wow, we prayed together. Three generations praying together. That's so special. So you need to pray alone, but you need to pray with your husband or wife. You need to pray with your kids. You need to pray as a family, all right? Very important. Go to Philippians 4, 6. You know this verse, one of my favorites. Don't worry about anything. Anybody in here, were you tempted to worry today? Raise your hand. Let's be honest. I, was I? Let me see. 
Yes, I was. I was tempted to, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most of us, right? Something comes to your mind, like, oh, how am I going to, how am I going to, like, we're God, right? I've got to fix that. Hey, you're a child of God. You're not God, you're a child of God. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and then what? And thank him for all he has done. Excellent. Would you put the first part of that verse up there again? Don't worry about anything. I know that's easier said than done sometimes. But my mom helped me with something when I was a kid. I don't remember what I was worried about. It was something for school, some dumb thing. Now, 30 years later, 40 years later, you know, it, it just does. It matters so little that I don't remember what it was. I, I forgot if I was worried that I was going to get in trouble at school for something or and I remember my mom put some things into perspective. She said, what's the worst that could happen with this situation you're worried about? I think I was in like second or third grade. And I'm like, I'm going to get in trouble. She goes, no, the worst that could happen is you go to school tomorrow and your teacher kills you. I thought, that's, that's dark. That's morbid. I didn't know that word yet, but now I know it so I can go back in time and use the word morbid for that. But I went, Man, she goes, are you going to get killed over this? She goes, are you going to get sent to prison? I'm like, I'm too young to go to prison. But she's like, no, you, how bad is this going to be? And I went, man, you're right. All right, what am I going to have to do, write sentences? Do they still do that, by the way? Is that still done? In the yeah, do, you assign, do you assign, what's that? Not in middle school? Man, I wrote all kinds of sentences in middle school. It was sixth grade back then. They're typing sentences. <laughs> They're telling Siri, Siri, please, uh, Siri, would you go ahead and put out 500 sentences of I will not talk in class? Uh, pr send to printer, right? No, we had to handwrite back then. I remember. I remember, I remember, man, getting people to help you with your sentences, right? <laughs> your writing changes. The teacher's like, why is your writing different? Like, man, I was so tired that my handwriting, my hands cramped up, right? I was writing different every time. But I remember, and then I'd do columns. I will not talk in class. And I'd go, I, I, I will not talk. Y'all know, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Then I was like, man, I'm running out of room. So I'd, I'd squeeze in words at the end, and it was all crooked and crazy. The sentences were going like this. I don't know, that's a weird memory. I'd forgotten all about that, but there it is. What's the worst that can happen to you? I've learned that that actually helps with worry. Sometimes you go, what is the worst possible thing that could happen with this? Okay, well, I'm just going to trust God because it's out of my hands. One man of God, his wife said, you wouldn't even worry. This was Kenneth Hagin. His wife told him, faith, faith teacher and preacher. His wife said, you wouldn't even worry if we died. And he's like, of course I wouldn't because you'd already be dead. How could I worry? Well, that offended her. But he's like, man, if you, if you died, then you're already in heaven. I know you're with the Lord. What would I be worried about? You can't die again. I'd be sad and I'd be hurt, but I would not be worried. Wow, good point. Good point. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. You can do that on your own. You can do it as a family. That's important to do. So important. Let's go to Jeremiah 33.3. I like this verse. This is powerful. We should make t-shirts. You should, you should just write this down. 
Take a picture of it on your phone. Tweet it. Instagram it. Put it on Facebook. Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. What a promise from God and by God. You spend time in prayer with God, he will show you things. He will show you things. I, some of, most of you have heard this story. I remember I was in Austria doing mission work, and God showed me. I had not met her yet. God said, that, that girl, Jennifer, that your baby sister just told you about on the phone, that's going to be your wife. And I went, what? Here's one thing I did right in that situation. One thing, right? One thing I did right in that situation, I never told Jen, God showed me you're going to be, be my wife. That does not always work well is what I'm told, but I'm glad I didn't try it out. But God showed me something, asked me, because I'd been asking. I said, Lord, I'm getting up. I'm getting up in years, you know. I was really, really getting up in years. I was 26. Wow. <laughs> Dang, I'm old enough now to have a 26-year-old son. But anyway... Ask me and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. That sounds important to me. Do y'all care about that? I want God to show me stuff. I want God to show me stuff in, in the secret, in the quiet. I remember Pastor Joel one time was teaching and preaching and he was just sharing revelation. You know, Pastor Joel Stockstill. And then he got to a point and he said, then God showed me this and God showed me that. This was my experience. And then, then he stopped and he goes, and then God showed me some other stuff and I can't, I can't even get into all that. God, God has not permitted me to share that. I was like, what? Secrets? Tell us, please. No. He'd been, he'd been spending time with God, and God showed him remarkable secrets he did not know about things to come. That is powerful. That's one of the, one of the aspe aspects of prayer. Also, prayer is for your needs. Prayer is for other people. I believe Pastor brought it up on Sunday, I'm sure, about your prayer list of people. Don't be intimidated by a hundred Say, man, how on earth? You'd be surprised. I guarantee it. You know, you know 10 families, and if you just list all the names of the people from those 10 families, that's 40 or 50 people right there, just like that. I got over 100 so quickly one morning in prayer that it was amazing. I felt convicted that I had not done it sooner. But write down the names of people that need prayer, okay? Put me on your list, but don't be praying, God, whatever it takes over me, okay? Just pray for God to bless me. <laughs> Prayer, man, alone and together. Number three. Number three. Man, what's, what's up with families sometimes? Sometimes they don't even communicate. They don't talk unless they're mad at each other or yelling. I talked so much growing up, and I know personalities are different. I talked so much growing up that at night sometimes mom would come in and go, y'all better shut up and go to sleep. We were communicating, man. We were communicating, we were scheming, we were doing all kinds of stuff. And then at the same time, I had a gift growing up where we'd be talking, this was always my gift, we'd be talking, man, and I'd be excited, I kid you not, but I've always burned fast and hard. My energy, I have, I'm naturally energetic, and man, I'm blowing and going, and I'll never forget, growing up, we'd be talking, and I'd just fall asleep. I'd ask my brother a question, I'd fall asleep, and the next day he'd go, hey, you stopped. I was like, I fell asleep. And it was interesting, I usually remembered the last thing we'd said, but I just fell asleep, like I was narcoleptic. Just <laughs> actually went on a trip with Augie. Some of you guys know Augie and Sandra Burner? Went on a trip with Augie to Phoenix years ago. 
And we were talking one night. We were at his uncle's house, and I fell asleep. And the next day he goes, Matt, I want to ask you something. I said, what? He said, are you narcoleptic? I said, narcoleptic? You mean like I just fall asleep? I go, no, at night I just fall asleep quickly, but I'm not narcoleptic. He goes, man, we were talking, and you were coherent and everything, and you said something, I said something, and then you were asleep. But I remember we used to communicate at night, especially if we had had caffeine. It was hard to go to sleep sometimes, right? But we communicated, and we communicated as a family. And my dad, he actually came from a family that did not communicate much. They didn't. They just didn't talk about a lot of stuff. They communicated, but there were personal things they didn't share, and they didn't share feelings and stuff. But my mom was great at, let's talk about this. We need to talk. And praise God for that. Let's go to Ephesians 4.15. Ephesians 4.15. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. So you got to speak to each other, but you got to speak the truth in love. Growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head, excuse me, who is the head of his body, the church. Let's go back to the beginning of that. Instead, we will speak the truth in love. Man, that's important. You've got to communicate. You've got to have good, good communication. Even in this local body here, we're a part of the body of Christ. We're a local church. How many of you lately have been getting our mass text? Y'all been receiving our mass text? That's a church text. That's pretty cool, huh? Finally. Man, we had, when we were doing joint services, we had people show up and going, man, we didn't know service was at 11. We gotta, I got to be at work or whatever. And it was like, oh, man. that. Mm-mm. My wife and I talked about that. I said, man, we got to get the database together. And we got to be able to mass text people so everybody gets the information. All right? Communication's everything. All right? <laughs> got to talk. You got to talk things out. You say, man, what's the important of com- importance of communication? Well, sometimes with your kids, you don't really know why they're acting that way unless you talk to them. And it might take a while. But I've noticed this. If you... Regardless of personality, if you hang out with someone long enough and give them some time and let them feel safe, they'll start to open up. They'll start to open up and say, man, well, you know what's been going on? What? I really want to know. Man, this is what's been going on. Okay. Communication's important. You, you build trust that way. You understand each other. You don't stay mad at each other for dumb things because you kept it in. You communicate, you say how you feel, and that's good stuff. So number three tonight, what's missing in families today? Well, communication. It's interesting because now that we have cell phones, you can communicate all the time, huh? Some of you have iPhones. Delivered, 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 read. I don't know why y'all have read receipts on. That's up to y'all. I don't have read receipts. I don't want y'all to know if or when I read it. I want a little bit of privacy, even though it says delivered, right? Not much privacy, right? But we, we contact each other. You can contact on Facebook. There's a messenger program for Facebook. Um, just, uh, is there a messaging program for Instagram as well? I don't know Instagram well. You can message through there. So, I mean, you can message, you can text. There's all these ways to message now. I remember back at, I think it was 2003, Elaine and Jennifer were texting, and they ran up their cell bills really high. You can ask them about that some other time. Because back then, I think it was getting down to like 10 cents a text or something. And they were texting each other in different college classes and stuff. But I didn't understand texting. I'm like, they'd text me, and I'd call them. They're all, why are you calling me? I'm all, why are you texting me? 
can we just talk? They're like, well, I'm busy. I'm all, but you weren't too busy to text me, so just tell me. It seemed foreign to me. I got married, and I had a flip phone, and you know, you had to, you had to press the number a bunch of times to get to the, the letter that you needed it to be. Do you remember that? And some of you may still have that, and God bless you, because your life's probably better than the rest of ours, because you have a simpler phone. But, and I got married, and my wife was always texting me, so I'd call her, and finally, well, now I text, and sometimes I get tired of it, and I call, but now we're texting. Crazy. Communication. Communication. My point is, there's all these modes and means of communication, but then we forget about the human aspect. That's the beauty of showing up at a church. And guys, I congratulate you on this. I hear people say this. They show up at our church and they say, man, there's a lot of love there. There's a lot of love there. There's eye contact. There's genuine statements of welcome. Hope to see you again. We love you. They say FaceTime. You know, that FaceTime was long before iPhones FaceTime. FaceTime was, I'm going to look at you, you're going to look at me, and we're going to talk. I'm going to listen when you're talking. You're going to listen when I'm talking. We're going to engage, and we are going to communicate. Important stuff, communication, far beyond your phone, okay? Talking to people. It's interesting, too, I'll, I'll uh, sell stuff on the garage sale. And this is no offense to the younger generation. It's just the younger generation. But I'll sell stuff on the garage sale, and I'll try to call people. <laughs> and they're like, they'll text me back. They don't want to talk to me on the phone. I'm all old school. I'm like, come on, man, pick up. Come on, man. I, I want to know who I'm selling to here. You know, <laughs> sell a video game or something. It's interesting. And, and the younger ones are like, can we just meet at Walgreens already? You know, <laughs> I don't want to talk to you, dude. And they know I'm older because I'm I'm wanting to talk on the phone, on speakerphone, and yelling and can't hear them. I'm just kidding. Number four. Let's go to this one. I like this. You got to do this as a family fun you figure out your fun as a family is it road trips is it do they still call them that the wet banana y'all remember those the wet banana slip and slide remember those they'd call it the wet banana when it was yellow i am really showing my age tonight huh whatever you put that that plastic thing in the yard and wet it and then you run and slide on it some families love that there was a family for Labor Day. I could hear them because they were screaming their ever-loving heads off. I was in the backyard, and across the alley, there's a block fence and trees, and you couldn't really see people, but they were screaming and screaming, but I thought, man, you could smell the cookout. You could hear them splashing in water, and you could see the smoke and smell it, and I was like, man, they're having a good time, or they better be because they're loud enough. I was awake, and they woke me up again. They were that loud. I woke up again, like doubly awake. They were just screaming, but they were having fun. I don't think they had a wet banana back there, but they had a pool, and they had a cookout and lots of screaming, and so, hey, man, they were having fun together. Fun activities, meals. Everybody likes eating together, right? Meals, holidays, trips, making memories together creates a bond. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 3.11, and I'll start to wrap it up tonight. Some of this we'll go over again here in a week or two on Sunday. But Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. That's powerful. So I concluded, this is what Solomon said, I concluded there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. Now that does not mean that everything, 
every aim in your life is to do that because you got to seek God, number one. But he said, this is good for us to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. You, you should. Make the best of it. Make the most of it. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor. For these are gifts from God. You know, I, I went years. Went years and didn't do a lot of dairy. I started doing a little bit more dairy again this past spring and summer. And so, man, I broke down one day and said, I'm going to. I'm going to have an ice cream at Sonic with my wife. My wife likes Sonic. That's one of our cheat places because she eats pretty healthy. We eat pretty healthy. But we went to Sonic, and, man, I got a, I got a mini Reese's Blast thing. What it, Sonic Blast with the Reese's in it? I, I'm, I don't even know what to call it, right? It's been so many years of not. I've been doing, like, almond ice cream for so long, and I still usually do. But, man, it just... It was so fun to be with my wife eating an ice cream at Sonic. And at one point, it got so sweet, I think I could have thrown up. It was disgustingly sweet. And I just, I was like, I can't even stop, man. I just, I can't stop. I just kept eating it. And there was whipped cream. It was crazy good. But man, that was fun. We were eating together. Simple things. Who likes bowling in here? I like bowling. Bowling's pretty cool. I'm not saying I'm good, right? I think 100 for me is good. I don't know. I've done over 100 a few times. I'm not very good, but I like it. It's fun. You get to throw a ball and knock stuff down at the end of a little alley there, a little bowling alley. That is so cool. What is fun as a family? What do you do for holidays? Man, talking, eating together, like my mom said, watching a clean movie. <laughs> Whatever it looks like for y'all, you should do it. Let's go over these points, all right, as a family. Time together. That's what's missing, man. Prayer. On your own and with your family. Communication, man. Talk. Look at each other and talk. Not just when you're mad or yelling. Talk to each other. Get to know each other. And number four, fun. Find ways to have fun together. Is it movies? Is it video games? Is it, is it talking and hanging out and eating and going on road trips? I don't know. But time together, prayer, communication, fun. Go and bow your heads tonight, if you would, please.